Thanks for joining us on the New Beginnings Podcast, where our goal is to help people connect with Christ. We hope you enjoy listening. Behind this whole series, I love my church. We are better together. We started with this idea that uh, really the Apostle Paul uses a metaphor and he goes, It's like you're a part of a family, or you're a part, even you have a body. You almost imagine yourself like you got hands, you got feet, you got this. You, and we all come together to make this incredible body that Christ is the head of. And then last week we had this, uh, this really fun walk down like, How do you discover your gifts, your talents, your abilities? How did God shape you so that God could actually get you in your sweet spot? And if you, did anybody have apple pie this week? Did anybody like see apple pie and think, I know what my spiritual gift is? And so, Anyway, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go watch last week's sermon. And uh, this week we will put a wrap on this series. Uh, but what we want to do is just kind of help you take that next step, really, not only in, in serving and connecting, but also just kind of, I think, where we're going as a church. What we're going to be doing over these next nine months and what I want you to be focused on as your pastor. And so obviously one of them is this, is we need your help because we are incomplete without you. Everybody has a role to play and we need each other. So I want you serving. I want you connected. As a matter of fact, in the back, if you've not been here the last two weeks, um, there's a card that we made just to help you take that simple step of getting involved. And so in the back, what you can do is go grab this card, find out a place where you can maybe plug in or serve or help out or connect, and then we will follow up with you and help you take that step. Everybody say, all right. So you can do that in the back. But today, I want to switch gears a little bit because I want to talk to you about really what I want to be. I want this thing to be on your heart and on your mind, specifically over these next nine months. And so would you bow your heads, close your eyes, and let's pray. God, for these next few moments, God, would you inspire us, challenge us, encourage us, teach us, change us. God, help us to walk out of this place different than the way we walk in. God, let us walk out with something on our mind that becomes a point of our focus and our passion, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name, and we all said... Amen. Hey, if you have your Bible, open it up with me to to Luke chapter 14. Uh, One of the things that I love about the Bible is I love the parables of Jesus. So whenever Jesus was talking to the masses, he would just bust out a great story. And I think there's something powerful about stories because stories are memorable. You know this to be true because when you think about going to school, how many of you remember trigonometry or calculus or chemistry or unless you went into that field, you don't remember none of it, but bless God, if I went back and said, tell me your favorite story from high school, story stick. That's just the way it is. So Jesus knew that, and Jesus knew that stories stick. I'm going to tell a bunch of stories. And so we call them parables, but they're just stories with these incredible layers of like meaning and insight. And man, I love the parables. And there's this one parable that Jesus tells that I think will help us focus on where we're going for the next nine months. And this is how the story goes. It says this in verse 16. It says, a certain man was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come on in, everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. Well, the first one said, I have just bought a field. I must go and see it. Will you please excuse me? And another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on the way to try them out. Would you please excuse me? And still another said, well, I just got married, so I can't come. Everybody say excuses. Yeah, they got their, they got their excuses. Now, this is that's not even the point of the sermon. I wish I could teach the whole thing, but it's it's so good. We'll pause and come back to that another day. But this is where the story really gets good for you and I today. So, the servant came back and reported this to his master. 
And then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servant. And this was the order. You go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of town and you bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Everybody say there's still room. There's still room. So the master told his servant, go out into the roads and country lanes. Now, first, you're in the alleyways and the streets. That means you're in the city, right? It's like, okay, we done got all them city folk. And, and the fact that he invited people in the alley, only weird people are in the alley. Let's be honest. If you're hanging out in street alleys, you're a nefarious sort, right? And so he's like, go into the streets and the alleys. And then once they dug up all those crazy people, he's like, there's still room. Let's go get country folk, right? So we done got city folk. Now we got country folk. Go out, in, and it says in another translation, go out into the highways and the byways. But this says country lanes and compel. Everybody say compel and compel them to come in. And this is the goal. This is what God really, really wants so that my house will be full so that my house will be full. Now, whenever you read a parable, I'm going to just teach you how to read parables. They're my favorite thing to read. When you read parables, you have to read them as if you are a character in the story, right? Like this is the way parables, they're not, the story is not about people back then over there doing stuff. The parable is about you right here, right now doing something, but you always want to figure out like, okay, what's Jesus saying here? Who, who am, who's God in the story, right? Cause usually God's in the story. Who am I in the story? There's always a person you don't want to be in the story, right? I don't think we want to be the people making excuses. That's what I would say who we don't want to be, but because no, you, you, you want to be somebody in the story. And then there's servants that are compelling people to come in. And then there's people that are up in the, in the country folk and they're city folk and they're just coming from all the places. And so you got to figure out who am I? What's the point of the story? Jesus, what are you trying to teach me? Because these things have so many layers of depth. And you'll read it one year and be you know, like, wow, that was incredible. What insight. And then you'll read it two years later and you'll see something that you've never seen before. It's unbelievable. And what I want to show with you is today is just three simple little ideas. Now, there's more than this. But I only got so much time. There's three simple little ideas that I want you to focus on in this story. And the first thing is this. Number one, if you're taking notes, is this. The kingdom is a feast. See, sometimes when we think about kingdom or church or what God's up to, uh, sometimes the church, let me just blame me and church leaders because that's our responsibility. We have done a really poor job of showcasing what God's kingdom is really like because many times we feel like we're inviting somebody not to a feast, but to a funeral, right? This is why some people don't want to go to heaven. Some people don't want to go to heaven because they think they're afraid if I die, I'll be stuck in church for eternity. And I've been to church and I didn't like it. And then people weren't even that nice. And that preacher yelled at me. And so you, so you got these, these, again, we've portrayed the kingdom not as a feast, but as a funeral. And nobody wants to be invited to a funeral. Right? Like I'm, like I do it. I'm a pastor. I'm obligated to. But you don't get joy and excitement necessarily out of going to a funeral. There's certain things you don't like getting invited to. Can you, can you just be honest? This is just us talking. We can be honest. Like guys, you ever get invited to a kid's birthday party? You don't want to go? Unless that kid is named after me, I don't want to go. Right? I love your kid. I'll even give you a gift, but don't make me sit there through a kid's birthday party. And bless God, don't take me to Chuck E. Cheese. I feel like that is a germ-infested little Petri dish of crazy, right? Like, I'm going to get a cold, all you little kids with your snotty faces. So anyway, there's just certain things. I'm so sorry. I should back up. I got a little carried away. 
I love your children. Clarence and Leslie will come to your kid's party. I will pray for your kids when they are born. And that's all. So I'm just kidding. I love kids. I got three of them. And so I read, but, I, but you know, sometimes I got invited to a movie the other day. This is last week. I got invited to a movie and you think, oh, how cool. They invited me to a movie and the movies are supposed to be fun. It was two hours and 45 minutes of the most boring nonsensical, going nowhere film I have ever seen in my life. Have you ever seen a movie so bad you felt like getting up in the middle of it? You're like, but then you feel like, well, they invited me and they bought my ticket. I am forced to sit here through the whole, the whole thing. I'm like, that's two hours and 45 minutes of my life. I'll never, I'll never get back again. I'll never, I'll never see that time. It was the most terrible movie. I don't even tell you what it is. I should warn you. But anyway, if you come up to me later, I'll tell you in private, but But sometimes that's the way we feel about the kingdom. We feel like it's something that you're invited into, but you don't even know if you're going to enjoy it. You don't know if you're going to like it. And and what I want you to know is, is that the kingdom is a feast. Like it's awesome. And and, and you need to make sure that you're careful as a Christ follower, that you you make sure that you're portraying the kingdom that way. The kingdom is, is a feast. When I look back at what God has done for me, it's nothing but good stuff. Like when I look at what, what I've, what I have experienced in church with my pastor, with the scriptures, like I'll tell you this, my life is better because of Christ. My, my marriage is better because of Christ. I'm probably still married because of Christ, right? Like he makes me better at, at marriage. Like I, I'm better in my finances because of Christ. Like my life is on a upward trajectory because of Christ. This ain't no funeral. This is a feast. This is a banquet. This is a good thing. But again, sometimes as church people, we can, we can miss the point. And Jesus said the kingdom is a feast. Remember what you're inviting people into. You're inviting some people into something unbelievable, incredible, and life-changing. Make sure that you don't somehow turn that into something it was never, ever meant to be. It's not meant to be harsh. It's not meant to be heavy. That's why Jesus is like, come unto me. My burden is easy. My yoke is light. I'll give you rest. I'll give you peace for your souls. Like this is a, this is a good thing. My soul is better because of Christ. I'm happy to follow Christ. This is not a heavy thing. And sometimes we turn it into a heavy thing. Um, I think Jesus would be like Henry Ford sometimes. Cause I think when Henry Ford made that little Model T or made the first car, can you imagine what, what Henry Ford dreamed about? I'm gonna make cars. I'm going to make travel easy. I'm going to make it fast and exciting and people are going to, and then, and then can you imagine if we brought Henry Ford back from the dead and we stuck him on 580 going east at five o'clock on a Friday? You imagine Henry Ford would be rolling over in his grave thinking, look what y'all did. I tried to build a car and y'all built a parking lot. You imagine the right brothers? They'd have dreamed to fly. Like we will be with the birds. When was the last time you've been on Southwest? You've been herded on like cattle. You don't even get to pick your own seat. You got to hope you're not stuck in the back by the bathroom. And so can, can you imagine the Wright brothers being stuck on an airplane today and be like, that's not what I dreamed about. I dreamed of flight. I think Jesus, if he came back and he saw a lot of our churches today, he'd be like, dang, y'all have made this stuffy. This is not enjoyable anymore. Y'all have made it hard. Y'all have made it burdensome. You're kind of mean to each other sometimes. This is not what... I mean, Jesus, Jesus took the entire Bible and he summed it up and he goes, Hey, cause they were always asking him like, what are the commands and what are the commands and what are the commands? They're always trying to figure out what the do's and the don'ts are. You know what he goes? He goes, look, here it is. Love one another. That was it. 
That was it. That was it. This is this new law in Christ Jesus that even as I have loved you, that you love one another. And yet sometimes the church is not very kind. Sometimes we're not very gracious. Sometimes we're not very forgiving. And Jesus is like, again, it's like the Wright brothers on a Southwest Airlines. Like, what did y'all do? The gospel was good news. You're just being angry at people. And so remember, I guess the point is this. Remember the kingdom is a feast. It should be something that like you would be excited to go to. So that's number one. Number two is this. This is awesome. This is really good news. Everyone is invited and everything is ready. Now that's some good news. Because if if I look back at my life, and some of you don't feel like you deserve to be invited, and you don't. But that's the good news. It doesn't matter if you deserve. It's not about deserve. There's just an invitation to come. Remember, he went into the highways and the byways and got country folk. He went up into the city and the alleyways and got weird folk. He went and got everybody. Like, like, listen, it said that he went and got the blind, the lame, the poor, and the cripple. This was a metaphor, by the way. This was not, I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. Blind and lame people were absolutely invited. This was a spiritual thing. This was about people who were lost but didn't know that they were lost. This was about people who were blind, but actually they were spiritually blind. They were, it's not that they were lame. It's that in your soul, you were kind of broken and limping through life. And so if you're taking notes, the greatest kind of poverty is spiritual poverty. And that's where we all are, right? That's where we all start in life. We all start with a sense of lostness and brokenness and incompleteness. And Jesus is like, no, come. I don't care how broke you are. Think about this. Again, this is the gospel. Everyone is invited. Sometimes we treat church like it's an exclusive club for only good people. Jesus is like, no, go into the alleys and get weird people. Go to the hospitals and get broken people. Go out into the country lanes and get country people. Get them all. Everyone's invited. Remember that thing, little little scripture, John 3, 16? For God so loved what? But like everybody. And sometimes again, this is, this is a parable because what Jesus is, this is the, the parts of the story that I don't have to take time. I don't want to take time to teach everything, but this is the story that he's really doing. He's attacking the Pharisees and the religious leaders of his day because they had made an exclusive club out of church. Because no, we're not exclusive. Everybody's invited. The most dysfunctional people you can think of, they're invited. Now, again, what God does with you after that, that's on him. At what pace you move, that's on you. God's going to do a work in you. God's going to work some things out in you. But he, the invitation is, I had a young lady ask me just the other day, we're like, hey, can, can I still come to church if, and she started filling in her ifs, if I'm this and I'm this and I'm not, I'm like, yes, absolutely. There is always an open invitation to come. The other part of this is that everything, remember we said in the, in the parable, he goes, everything's now ready. Everything is ready. Hey, did you notice that when you came up in this place at about 10, 17 a.m. That everything was ready? I mean, Joanna's pipes were already warm. The band was rocking. That coffee had been there for a while. Everything was ready. Did you notice that? You know why everything was ready? Because we have some unbelievable people who make this place ready. Yeah, can I get an amen? Like people set up them chairs. People plugged in wires that I cannot I'm not allowed to touch certain things around here. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Sometimes I'm like, hey, I'll jump in and help. No, 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 faster. Go read your Bible. Um, I'm, not, I'm not allowed to do certain things, but I greet. I greet people. At the door. I do chairs. I do st- so I do stuff. But everything is ready. 
And what I want to invite you to do too is if you're part of this church and you call this your church family, this is where I go to church. Hey, be a part of that process. It's not an every week thing. We don't, we don't, uh, we don't make people serve every single week because sometimes we want you just to come in and, and rest and enjoy and partake. But there's a group of us that again, we, we, maybe they dedicate once or twice a month and they are the ones that make sure everything is ready. Can you imagine if you came in at 17 a.m. this morning and you had to make your own coffee? Yeah, they came in at 1017. You're like, well, I guess I got to go get my own chair. This is what happened to me one time. I had a birthday party when I was about 12 years old. And I say birthday party lightly. I told my mom that I wanted a birthday party. So she put on a birthday party and invited some people. But then what had happened was, and no lie, you know, I don't have a great memory. I don't know if y'all know that or not. Some people say I have the memory of a goldfish. Like I circle the bowl and it's a whole new world. Everything's new, but that's good for you because you always have grace. I never remember any of your crazy. And so, but the point is, is that at this birthday party, it's the only birthday party that I really remember as a child because it scarred me. And here's what scarred me is mom was like, Hey, you got some people coming over in a couple hours. I need you to go clean all this lawn furniture. I'm like, that stuff's never been clean. It has stuff growing on it. And I remember it was my birthday. And I know I'm being petty, you know what I mean? But I was out there like with a brush and soap and scrubbing lawn furniture. And I was like, this is my birthday. This is the worst. That's what it's like when you come. And you know what I'm saying? Like, there, what I, my point is this, is that when you come into an environment, you don't want to have to come in and get to work just to make, you want to come in something that's already ready for you. What I want you to know is there's some incredible servants that made this place ready. You don't have to roll up in here for your feast and then go cook your own food. Can I get an amen? Like you don't have to roll up in here and go get your own chair and go make your own coffee and babysit your kids while you try to listen to the sermon. You don't have to do that. Because some incredible people made this place ready. But this is number three, and this is maybe the most important part of where we're going today. And if again, if you're taking medicine, it's 1059. Number three is this last one. We should compel people to come in. I'm telling you, this thing is a feast. It is awesome. I've never been anything but blessed by walking with Jesus. I'm so grateful that his grace knows no bounds and the invitation is just wide open. Country people, city people, uh, lame people, weird people, it doesn't matter. They're all invited. But what that means is, is that once we are insiders to this party, we should recognize, wait a minute, it is not a healthy thing for me just to sit and receive and for me just to partake. I need to make sure everything's ready because more people are coming and I need to even go get some more people. We should compare, everybody say compel. The word in Greek literally means kidnap and put them in your trunk. It, it, no, it doesn't. Don't do that. But what it means is, is through incredible passion compel them like they should be moved by your own compassion to come in that's what it means to do this because here's the deal um you already naturally do this i don't know if you know this or not you already do this um when my wife's not here today i can say anything i want about her the greatest invitation i ever made it was the summer of 1999 it was a beautiful sunday or a wednesday afternoon in western michigan that's where I met her. And she was so cute. And I remember I had been flirting with her for quite some time. She's a little older than me, and I found that very attractive. I was flirting. I was making my move. Guys, you know what I'm talking about? 
got to lay the groundwork. And so you're just doing, and you're just, you know, massaging that situation until it's right. You even talk to her friend. You're like, hey, so tell me about Tara Lee. Is any, you know what I mean? And there was this other dude, and I'm like, hey, are you interested in Tara? I mean, just, you know, you're, just, you're plotting, you're weaving. And I talked to Sarah, her friend, and oh, oh no, I think she'd say yes. You should totally ask her out. I, I'm going to do it. And I just, you know, I set it, I set the tone, I set the stage, but I, I invited her, and I kept it chill. I can tell you what we did on our first day. I took her out. This was hot back in Western Michigan in 1999, so don't judge me. But we went to Applebee's and a movie. That's what we did on our very first day. I can still remember the movie. It was, it was a movie with Kevin Costner called For the Love of the Game. It's a baseball movie. Anybody know that movie? It was a great movie. And so that's, I, every time I see that movie, I go back to the summer of 1990. Anyway. <laughs> so we're dating. Fast forward, you know, one and a half years later, it's a great dating window, and I'm like, All right, I'm going to marry this girl. So I called up the dad, I did the dad thing, hey, I want to marry your daughter. I don't really care what you say after this, but I'm just doing it to be polite. That's true. I mean, I liked her dad, he was cool, but like, man, that's that's my girl, I don't even care. So, so I... So, and, and this is what we did. I was, I was, uh, uh, I was working at a church in Michigan at the time. That's how I met Terry. I met her at church, which again, guys just thought that's what I do. I, I, if I were you, I would go to church. I'd look for a pretty girl that's single and just go flirt with her. That's what I would do. That's what I did do. And so, but anyway, but I'm, a, but I'm a youth pastor and we put on this event and we got like hundreds of teenagers here and this is really dope over the top cool event. And I stopped the event right in the middle. I had a tuxedo because of the event was this, and I don't want to get into the details, but the, I stopped the event and I said, Hey, I need Tara Lee to come out on stage. And I did the whole thing in front of hundreds of people and I invited her and I said, Hey, will you be my wife? And I did the whole knee thing and all that good stuff. And so that's the greatest invitation I ever made, right? Like to invite Tara Lee to be my wife. That was a great one. Um, and you know what we did after that? We set a date and we had a wedding because this was going to be one of the greatest moments of my life. And do you know that this is way, the, the reason why I bring up this story is because this is something you already do if you've ever had a great moment. The most meaningful, meaningful moments in your life should be shared with the most important people in your life. So here's what we did. We threw out a date. I got married at the little downtown Presbyterian church. I had an ice sculpture. That was the only thing that I was in charge of. That's probably a good thing. Ladies, just don't trust that dude to do anything. But I had the ice sculpture. That was my thing. And I nailed it. And I had an ice sculpture. Other than that, Terry Lee planned everything else. But we invited people to this event. And when you invite people, you don't just say, hey, I'm doing a wedding. You should come sometime. That's not how you invite people to a wedding, is it? How do you invite people to a wedding? You get fancy and you do little cards and you do dates and you do little things and you send it in the mail and there's an RSVP and you, and then you prepare for them, right? Like there's all this stuff because what I want to get you to see is, is that this is the point of the parable is that, that the, that the king has thrown an incredible feast and he sent out these invitations and some people reject it, but he's like, Hey, bring more, bring more, come in. And he said, go compel them through compassion. Get in these doors because this is a feast and a banquet. So here's what I want you to do for these next nine months. This is your focus. Not only do I want you to serve, I want you to be about inviting people into this great feast. And here's how I want you to do that. Number one is this, if you're taking notes, number one, pray for people. 
Can you do that? Just pray for people. As a matter of fact, on your seat this morning was a card. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to write down the top two or three people that you love. It could be your neighbor. It could be your weird hairdresser named Tiffany. It could be anybody. It could be a coworker. I don't care who it is. Who do you love? Who do you pray for? Who do you, who do you look at their lives and you say, you know what? Their life would be better if Christ was in it and Christ would make them better at life. I, I, if they could experience more joy in their life, who would that be? Who would be on that list? Cause here's what I want to do. At the end of the service, we're going to collect all those cards and we are going to actually, as a staff and as a team, pray for those people. Like that's what we want to do. We want to partner with you. We want to pray for people. Like here's number two, love people. What a radical notion. Yeah. So you take those people that are on that list and then you ask yourself this question, how can I go love them? And remember, everybody say this, everybody say love is a verb. I don't mean fun feelings in your heart. Love is a verb. Love is something you do. So you take a look at those people on your list and you say, what can I do for these people? Man, maybe you need to bake them a cake. Maybe you need to go visit them in the hospital. Maybe you need to write them a handwritten little note. Maybe you need to take them out for coffee. I I don't know what it is, but I would just say whatever you can, go and love them. Number three is this, show the goodness of God in you. I'm telling you what, see, again, this thing's a feast. It's not a funeral. It's something incredible. So you got to be able to say, hey, man, listen to what God is doing in me. Show, show other people, hey, here's how God has blessed me. Here's what God has meant to my life. Here, here's maybe the way that you're going to do that. Tell them your story. Tell them your story. Everybody should be able to dial in their story. See, sometimes you're going to sit down with people and maybe, just maybe, this God thing is going to present itself. Like maybe they ask you a question, maybe something brings it up, maybe something stirs in your brain about, oh, maybe I can invite them to church. And the best thing that you can do is be able to like tell a 60 second version of your story. Hey man, let me tell you this, man, I think, man, I'd love to have you come to church with me. Tell me what God's doing in my life. And man, I just, because again, they don't argue you, your story, your story's yours. They can't argue that it's your story, but this is one of the best ways. Now, how many know there's some wrong ways to invite people to church? Has anybody ever been invited poorly the wrong way? Maybe you've done this before. We're going to have a little training session right now. I'm going to teach you how not to tell your story and maybe how not to invite people to church. Check this out. That's how you don't invite people to church. We pray for people. We love people. We bless people. We, we tell them our story. We show the goodness of God. And at the end of the day, we just invite, we invite people to church. That's what we do. You know, in, when Jesus originally grabbed those first disciples, it was fascinating because he said something so weird at the time. I don't know what these guys thought, but he gathers these fishermen and he said, Hey, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And again, that had to be kind of like a little strange to them. But what Jesus was saying was, is I want you to follow me. And if you follow me, you'll fish for people. That was what he was saying. And so I want you to consider that to follow is to fish and to fish is to follow. And if I'm following, I'm fishing. And if I'm not fishing, I don't know that I'm actually following because Jesus said that he was going to make me a fisher of men. And so that's the whole point of this deal is we want to be people who are compelling other people to come in. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that card. And if you haven't filled it out, I want you to fill it out as quickly as you can. I want you to put two or three names on that list because we want to pray for those people. Because we want to start this process of saying, hey, look, the kingdom is a feast. The kingdom is a banquet. And you know what? We want people to come in on what we want people to experience the goodness of God as we have experienced. And so we want to, again, figure out how can we pray for these people? How can we love them, bless them? Tell them our story, maybe, if the opportunity presents itself, and invite people to church. You know, again, Jesus found these fishermen. If you ever notice, there's a difference between American fishing and Eastern fishing. Like, American fishing is you get a rod and reel. 
and you can go fish by yourself. You just, and you just do that all day. And it's very therapeutic, apparently. I don't fish, but that's what people tell me. But in the East, they don't fish like that. They fish in teams with big, huge nets. And so that's what I like to consider, too, is like, you don't have to do everything. You don't have to know how to quote every single scripture. You don't have to necessarily walk them through whatever. You don't have to teach. The, you, no, 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 no. Just love people, bless people, encourage people, serve people, tell them their story when the opportunity prevents it, presents itself, and invite people to church. That is the team experience. Is that This is a team thing. Remember, everything's ready. There have been people preparing this environment so that somebody can come to church and hopefully experience the goodness of God the way that you did. I'll close with this. You know this to be true if you've ever done this before. You, I, I need you to do this because you'll begin to see church differently. Invite somebody to church that you dearly love and that you really want God to be active in their life and you'll see church through a different set of eyes. Because this is what will happen. You'll come to church with this person with this incredible hope and expectation. Be like, oh my gosh. I hope this is a great experience for them. You know what? They got them kids. I hope, I hope the good children's teachers not, is in there, not the crazy one. I hope, I hope the greeters are there and I hope they have fresh breath. I hope the coffee tastes good. I hope everything is ready. I hope the music, I hope Joanna is ready to sing it. Todd, do not say anything stupid, please. That's how you experience church. Why? You brought somebody in just hoping that they would experience the goodness of God. See, when we don't do that, what happens is we, we start to experience church like an insider. And then we walk in and we have our expectations of what we want and how we want it. We're not looking through somebody else's eyes. We're looking through our own. And we're sitting there. And then this is where we start getting nitpicky. This is where we start like, well, that was all right, Todd. I'll give that like a B minus. You know, it's cool. Joanna, that was okay. I don't know if I like that new song or not. Newsflash, that song wasn't for you. Can I get an amen? Like that song wasn't for you. We sang that for Jesus. And so, so I'm just telling you, I want you to be a fisher of me. I want you to be compelling people to come in. I want you to have a spirit that says, man, everyone is welcome. How can I possibly invite them in? Would you do me a favor? Stand up on your feet with me today. Cause we're gonna do something really strange. We don't ever do this. Maybe, maybe during legacy we'll do this or something. It's very rare we do something like this, but here's what I need. I need those cards from you. Because I want to pray, our staff and our team, we're going to pray for whoever it is that you put on that card. And so if you could do me a favor, um, Joey's going to play a little bit for us this morning. Will you step out of your seats and walk down that aisle? Just step out and come bring these cards down here. As a matter of fact, as a church, we're going to do it together. And just as one big unit, we're going to pray for these people. Yeah, come on down here real quick here. Put those baskets in. Thanks again for listening to the New Beginnings Podcast. For more information on New Beginnings Church, please visit us online at nbchurch.tv.